We are told to work with our teacher colleagues across all subjects. Is it worth it? How do we make it valuable? Teacher collaboration. That's today's topic on Owl Pellets. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Caitlin Polly and Aaron McKim, welcome to Owl Pellets. We appreciate y'all being here with us today. Thank you very much. We're excited to share some of our uh, research. It's good to be here. So you are up there in beautiful Michigan State University. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and what we're going to be talking about today. Caitlin, go ahead and go first, if you would. Yeah, so uh, my name is Caitlin Pauley. I'm a graduate student here at Michigan State University. And next fall, I will be um, teaching, hopefully, over in New York. So um, I'm excited to, uh, to get to share some of our research. And I'll let Aaron introduce himself before I share what, our, uh, what we'll be talking about today. Yeah, so uh, Aaron McKim, assistant professor here at Michigan State University. I work in teacher education, so excited to be here and sharing some of our some of our insights. Yeah, so you know, knowing that ag food natural resources education is a is a good context where we can build the the knowledge and skills of of other core subject areas. Um, kind of the focus of today's conversation will will be about how collaboration can increase those connections um, between AFNR and those core subject areas within our classrooms. So tell us a little bit about what you found in your research. Yeah, so what we started to look at was, was what, how much collaboration is occurring between ag teachers and then um, teachers of science, math, and leadership. And then also how does that collaboration, um, how does that influence the, the connections that those ag teachers create between um, math, science, and leadership? Uh, so what we had found is that, uh, you know, we, we do see collaboration occurring. In fact, about 60% of teachers reported collaborating with, uh, with other teachers um, about once a week, at least once per week. Um, and typically those, those interactions with other teachers occur for about an hour um, at a time. Um, what we also saw was that especially um, with math and science teachers, we see that lower, um, shorter amounts of collaboration time um, typically result in, in higher and, and more connections between AFNR and science and AFNR and math within their classrooms. That was one of the things that surprised me. I mean, I, we always talk about the opportunity for collaboration, but then you found that currently 60% are already collaborating once a week. I'll be honest, that that. I would not have expected it to be that high. What uh, did you get any sense on what that looks like or how, how they got that started? Yeah, so we didn't we didn't look at necessarily what those collaborations were or why they were occurring. Um, but it is somewhat, you know, looking at, you know, we've looked at collaboration in the past and it does seem to be growing. Um, but it also is interesting, while 60% of teachers are collaborating, that still means 40% are not collaborating at least once a week. So we start to look at how can we, how can we increase those, those collaborations with those teachers? It just makes me 
it makes me kind of think of, you know, you always go to your own experience. Um, so I do wonder, I taught at two very different schools, one very small and connected where I probably had four hours of collaboration a day just because the first school I taught at, we didn't, I mean, it's a long story, but we didn't even have classes. We just, it was a, a different model. Um, but then I taught at a large monster school where I can't imagine even finding the other teachers. I'd go to faculty meetings or, or, you know, teacher meetings and not even know <laughs> I'd meet new teachers that I had never met before. Um, so how much of you, how much of this do you think, let me just play devil's advocate. How much of this do you think is just, you know, with teacher evaluation models and everything, like we've been taught that we're supposed to collaborate with our peers. We've been taught that we're supposed to talk to people. We're, the math teacher is supposed to go talk to the reading teacher and figure out where they meet in the middle. And that's where we're like evaluated. How much of this do you think might just be due to how much of this do you think is real? Cause we know in our research, like it's all perceived and it's just the part, it's the nature of social science research. But if I'm a teacher listening to this and I'm like, Holy moly, I don't collaborate 10 minutes. I don't have a minute to breathe. How much of this is just kind of the is versus ought. I, how much is actual and how much is what I wish yeah, I think that's a good point that you bring up. Um, you know, we collaboration, I think people define it in different ways. And so to some people, collaboration would mean I'm working hands on with this teacher and I'm, um, you know, we're co-creating a curriculum or we are, you know, we're talking about how we can forge those connections between um, between our classes. Other teachers, collaboration may be, hey, I need, um, I need four microscopes for my, my lesson. You know, can you share some of your resources? Um, so I think you know, the, the spectrum of collaboration does, um, it does vary. So I think the collaboration that we're talking about, um, you know, increasing those connections between you know, the AFNR classrooms or ag classrooms and, and those other um, subject areas, if you're not, you know, if it's not clearly, oh, I'm creating a new curriculum or I'm explicitly teaching this, this science or math or English concept within my, um, within my classroom, I still think you probably are collaborating to some extent. Um, but to be intentional about what that collaboration is and then how that is, how that is impacting your students through your teaching. I also think it's interesting, Marshall, you talked about the, you know, I've got 10 minutes or less to collaborate. And, and what our research would say is don't let that be a hindrance. If you've got 10 minutes, you got 10 minutes. And what our research suggests is that's kind of the sweet spot. Go make a connection, ask what the science or math teacher is teaching and see if you can bring that into your classroom. So, you know, I think that idea of, oh, I just got this little bit of time and I, you know, I don't know I can foster a whole relationship. Don't try to foster the whole relationship. Just go ask them what they're teaching. See if you can make some connections. You know, for, for me, I guess I was thinking about trying to make some understanding from the results as well. And, and as I think back to my teaching days, um, I really did, other than working with the business teachers, um, I really felt I was probably more on an island. And as I, as I put on my school board hat now and watching how things have evolved, 
we have PLCs um, within the uh, buildings. We have uh, districts that are taking a couple hours each week for professional development. So I think I think there's some um, intentional uh, avenues in which um, we've this collaboration starting to take place versus maybe years ago where it had to happen maybe by accident. Um, and we still have those challenges where egg programs are in different buildings, different facilities. So it does get to be a challenge. So as you as you looked at the results and the responses, did you did you start to see some of those um, new innovations with um, with the intentionality of professional development being part of that? And it's a really good question. And we didn't specifically ask about like professional development or, or kind of what was um, spurring these collaborations. But I think that's that's certainly a. Um, a possibility. And we see the same thing that you see, Mike, and, and quite honestly, our sales pitch is this is an opportunity for, for Ag Food Natural Resources Education to start, you know, being in the spotlight. We in education are moving toward more interdisciplinary, more, you know, collaboration, more working together on things, not so much like let's silo off the students and teach them math, but how can we have the shared learning experiences? Well, there's no better place, our argument is, than in an ag classroom to make that happen. So if you're, if you're hearing uh, your schools thinking about, oh, we need to be working together, that's the time to maybe step up and say, we can work together in an ag class or in a setting of agriculture and even start asking the question that maybe it's not, how do we teach science in ag, but how do we teach ag in science? How do we teach ag in math and start leveraging, as Caitlin would say, this context that we have um, to achieve this aim that education's transitioning toward? Most of, most of my collaboration was asking people to help me run the copier. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I probably spent 10 minutes a week just saying, hey, can someone help me on this like staple double-sided thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so many changes though. And I was thinking about the, the school type is so different. You go into a small rural school and the teachers are all eating lunch together um, they're covering, you know, like you go to a small rural school and the coach is covering the ag class because the teacher's out and then the ag teacher's covering for the science class and the math students are actually in the ag class on Thursday because their teacher had to go take their kid to the doctor. And a lot of that really naturally happens. It seems like at a larger school setting, you'd have to be much more, the approach would have to be different and it doesn't seem like it would happen as authentically. Did any of your findings, did any of those get, you know, divided or, or analyzed by school type or size? And no, that's not something that we looked at, but I do, that is an interesting point that you bring up. Um, yeah, I think the if you have a larger school size, potentially you'd have to be more intentional about reaching out to those, uh, to those teachers and, um, you know, being sure that, that you're not forgotten about, or you're not, you know, just stay isolating yourself to be able to, um, to go reach out to other teachers and, and start to, to form those relationships with them, um, which may, may happen more naturally within smaller schools. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So when I taught ag at Cleveland, the, the te all teachers had a shared office. So we all had an office space, but it was shared in a common space between two classrooms. So I shared um, my office with the robotics teacher. 
And it's crazy looking back at how much robotics I included in my ag and how much ag was included in her robotics just because we shared an office. And so she had these robots that the competition was like putting out fires. The robot had to put out a fire. So we, in our ag class, we created the farm with the fire and then her kids would come in and see if their robots could put out our fires it was really a neat collaboration that but was basically just because we shared an office. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I like how you said you, you intentionally lit the fire. You know, it wasn't just like talking back about your copier skills. I mean, it was an intentional fire, fire, fire chief. I mean, yeah, it's learning. Yeah, it's crazy you say that. We actually had to like, she had clearance from the school to start small fires because that was the whole goal of the robotics competition that year. <laughs> That's so, cool. but I think it's interesting, and and um, I, I guess I'm making some assumptions here. The teachers involved in your study were they all Michigan schools? No, um, these were teachers across the nation. National study, okay. Well, it, it's interesting. I taught in a very very small school. I mean, I really I think there was probably like 19 faculty on the entire school. Um, we had 264 students, grades nine through 12, so we were small. And there was, you know, some of the collaboration did happen naturally just because those folks got along with each other. But I think part of it was since there was one biology teacher and one algebra teacher and one English one teacher, in a lot of cases that became very isolated because they weren't having to collaborate across in their own area. They just did their thing. So, you know, it it goes back here and I appreciate what you're saying. Fortunately or unfortunately, this is one of the things I think as ag teachers we have control over. So many times we have to be the one to initiate the collaboration. We have to be the ones that are intentional because I would, my assumption, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, my assumption is that we have to reach out to the other teachers more so than the other teachers are going to come down to us um, to do this. I think that, you know, we, we could get up on our high horse and say, by golly, we're doing good stuff and why don't they come down and talk to us? But that's just not the reality. And I think another interesting point about, and I love the idea of, you know, it looks different in rural and, and, and larger schools or smaller or larger schools. The one thing I would add that's a benefit if you're at a larger school, if there's more teachers in the science department, there's a better chance you're going to click with one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the that's one of the key points of our research is sometimes collaborations don't work. And you can, you know, you can work really hard and try to foster a relationship and nothing's happening. And our research would suggest stop trying. Like, see, if, 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 you're, if you're investing so much time and you're not getting the benefits you're looking for, let's see if we can work with another teacher. Let's see if we can work in another, um, another way. In a larger school, if there's eight science teachers, you know, you've got eight chances to build that relationship. Where in a smaller school, if the science teacher isn't willing to play ball, um, you know, you're, you're kind of at a loss. And so while, while the larger schools, there's not that much, not as much natural collaboration, I'd say there is almost a higher probability of fostering a relationship uh, that can lead to this really fruitful um, sharing of curriculum and ideas. So um, I wouldn't want to say if you're in a large school, this is going to be uh, any more difficult. I think you just have to approach it in a different way. It's interesting, too, because it's all about the people. I find that being more congealing than the subject. Mm. You know, like I've seen ag teachers that were really closely connected with the band teacher. 
mm-hmm. just because their buildings were close and they were friends. And so, you know, what happened in that specific program, I'm thinking through my head, all the ag teachers I've seen and how they've capitalized on relationships. And it's so interesting because as I think about it, it's the person first, which then yields some cool collaboration. Like this one specific example, the teacher was just a friend. The ag teacher was just a friend with the band teacher. And so guess, as I think about it, guess what ended up happening? They ended up having a big presence in the national band and the national chorus. Yeah. And it's just because the relationship. So it's really kind of, you're blowing my mind a little as I start to think through all the examples of collaboration, it is more around the person than it is the subject. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that because I was um, the teacher educator at Oregon State, Josh Stewart. He, he was good friends, even married to the art teacher. And, um, and so they did a, uh, a soldering activity where they were making jewelry in the, in the ag classroom. But it was a shared, like they co-taught the lesson. And I mean, it was, he talks about the excitement and energy among that class. So, you know, we wouldn't, we didn't look at the collaborations between art teachers and, and ag teachers, but wow, there's, you know, a lot of possibility there. You've mentioned the, you know, national band and national chorus. I think you're exactly right build the relationship with the person, then see what are the opportunities, what are the possibilities. And it doesn't have to look like this shared science ag curriculum. It could look like, you know, um, like you said, the collaborations in the band or with the art or with the social studies and, and talking about ag history. And I mean, the, there's a lot of opportunities for connections. That's great. We're in a, a discipline that allows that. Um, so let's be creative and innovative of what those collaborations look like. But so just that. to be clear, are you condoning sleeping with other teachers to build collaborations? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, not sure how to answer. Depends on what class you're teaching. <laughs> not a how-to class. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I cut you off with my bad, inappropriate joke. There, there, go, there goes our. We have now have an explicit rating for this podcast. <laughs> you know, so two things that I'm that I'm hearing is. Um, intentionality. We, we, ag teachers are going to have to be intentional in in, uh, in making this collaboration work. And then I think the other thing that I'm hearing is relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think those are two um, keystones to this. I guess my question is, as you as you dove into the the literature or from your own personal experience, what are some other best practices for for those ag teachers out there that are scratching their heads and said, "I've tried everything that I've." can think of at this point, what are some other avenues, some other examples that you may be familiar with that you could share? I would say, you know, Marshall kind of said, the first questions I would ask is how do I work the copier? And I think sometimes as new teachers, we're afraid to ask questions because we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing, right? We want to, we want to enter into the classroom our first year and know exactly everything that happens. You're going to have to ask questions. And you're going to have to go and, and make those connections. And so I would say maybe the starting point is when you have the problem with the copier, ask the teacher who's standing there and making copies successfully. Figure out how you how you uh, how you go about those more um, minute aspects of teaching, and have that start be your starting point. Um, the second thing, and uh, and I'll have Caitlin talk about this, is the length of the collaboration, and not feeling like you have to schedule a two-hour meeting. Um, where you're sitting down with the teacher, but what could that collaboration look like? Yeah, so, you know, thinking of, you know, we have those those short periods of time throughout the day, you know, we what we found through our research is that if you're able to sit down for, for half an hour 
or, or less, you know, for about half an hour seems to be about that, um, about that sweet spot. You know, there are so many opportunities where, where that is going to result in that beneficial, those, those beneficial outcomes. Um, and so when you do sit down, some things to think about are, you know, what are the purposes of this collaboration? What do I hope to get out of this? How can it be mutually beneficial um, for both the teachers and for your students? Um, because oftentimes those collaborations fail because me as the ag teacher, I'm going in and this is what I expect to get out of this. But the science teacher or the, um, the math teacher, whoever else is coming in and saying, well, I'm not really sure what the, the point of this is. Maybe I can leverage some sort of thing on, you know, on my end. But those, those purposes don't match up. Um, so if we can be clear about um, why we're engaging in this and these discussions and these collaborations, it does make things move um, much smoother. I think that's that's a great way to summarize this stuff. I think it's a lot, again, it's, as we said earlier, it's a lot of those personal connections. You know, Marshall was talking about the band. And I can think of one of my best friends and strong collaborators was the industrial arts teacher who just so happened hit one of his good friends and person. He actually went to high school there at the school with was the band teacher. And so it was through that connection is like one step removed is how we got all the band and chorus people and not my, my relation, but it's, it's the, that growing circle that we have there. And I think it's cool. Maybe we could spend a couple seconds thinking about, you know, you look at agricultural education, you have the science fair, we have speeches, we have prepared speeches. I mean, there's opportunities obviously in the science fair to connect with the science teachers and, and leverage that connection. With speeches, there's opportunities to connect with the English language arts. What else exists in ag education um, where we can make those connections? Maybe it's the business teacher and our, you know, um, the CDEs associated with ag business. There's endless opportunities to build those connections, just being creative in what it looks like. Caitlin Pauley, Aaron McKim from Michigan State University. Thank you guys so very much for being with us today here on Owl Pellets. This was fantastic. You know, it's, it's about, you know, the, I think the take-home message here collaboration is all about making our job as ag teachers easier. It's not about adding one more thing to the place about find those natural connections to help us uh, do our jobs better and easier in all the different things that we do. So thank you all very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.